Welcome to Uncommon Sense. Craig Kamanis and Dean Holmes host Uncommon Sense, where they discuss key business ideas on how to improve financial planning businesses. Thanks for listening and on to the next episode. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to episode number 25 of Uncommon Sense. Myself being Dean Holmes and Craig Kamanis. Good afternoon, Craig. How are you? Very well, Dean. It's uh, it's great to be back for number 25, mate. Dean, yeah, happy, uh... happy New Year. Although it is February, we took January as our Uncommon Sense holiday and we're we back did. again for the full year. So for those that don't know, we, Craig and I promised ourselves essentially 12 months ago to get out of our comfort zones a little bit and to talk about things that we're passionate about and let the community of one, which grew to more over the last 12 months, our community here our rants, our opinions, and just to be generally entertained. And so Craig, I'll flip it over to you to start the new year. Tell us about your new year's resolution or your activity. I'm sure you cleaned out your sock drawer or something. Well, of course, mate, all of those things that you do tend to do, right? But one of the things I decided that would occur this year is to review the services that I actually am receiving because you typically get into the habit of just letting these things roll over and they just, you know, you've got them, they're there, but are you reviewing what you're getting and are you reviewing what it costs? And so I made a promise to myself that I would go through all of my service providers and review what I actually need and what I actually don't. And also review though, what was I paying when it started and what am I paying now? And is that Mm. balancing up and how's it working? And you know, Dean, just an example of my car insurance, which I thought was still $85 a month from when I signed it up. A couple of years ago is now $155 a month. And so, and a lot of this is about price per se, Dean, but it's just that matter of reviewing and going, am I getting what I want out of that service for what I'm paying for it? Mm, Uh, No, I cancelled some of the streaming subscriptions we had because if, you know, you wanted a movie night, you might as well come to the Kamanis household because there was every streaming (laughs) subscription you could think of. And then you realise you're not using some of them so that you can adjust those and turn them off, which means you can invest, invest in other things. So I had this really wonderful moment of reflection and just reviewing all of my services and and then it got me thinking to you know why we do uncommon sense and that's to help advise businesses and and talk to them about the things that may be beneficial for them and and i know all of the time advice business owners go yeah i've got that service i should review it but it's okay and they just tend to leave it and leave it and leave it so i'm putting a call out for for the calendar year 2023 to be the year that you review your services, review everything that you're getting from a service provider and, and look at it and talk to your provider about what you need or, or look to new ones if you think that it's time for, for something new. Mm. Um, and Dean, one of those big services is obviously the ability to plan strategy and execute and implement on it from a business perspective to help drive profit growth and, and having the right accountability points in that and and obviously that's one of the services that you provide through twn and through our accelerate program as well and so i thought it's a great way to start the year to to focus on that and in particular you know ensuring that you're reviewing regularly from a from a quarterly review perspective Mm so for the first one for the year for our listeners why don't we kick off dean with you know how important a quarterly review is but also more importantly what do you need to focus on in that quarterly review to ensure you're going to be successful Yeah, absolutely. So thanks, Craig. And thanks to everyone that's listening. We've got some live listeners. So if you are listening live and you've got any questions, I do have LinkedIn open on the side so I can see any questions or comments 
or at least one of those green claps would be great <laughs> just to let us know that you're playing along at out playing along at home. But yeah, so we just finished our quarterly quarterly planning for all of all of our businesses. And so for us first and foremost, the quarterly plan is always the four quarters add up to to one whole, of course, in the one year plan. So for us at that point in time, I just saw some green hands. So thank you. So this at this point in time, we're now in the third quarter. And I know that you love basketball analogies as well. And there happens to be four quarters in the basketball, but <laughs> it's a really important quarter in terms of basketball or, or business. <clears throat> and so for us, it's actually about reminding ourselves what were our one-year goals and making sure that this quarter is the one that gets us absolutely on track to achieving them. You can't get to the fourth quarter and expect to go, oh, that's what I wanted to, to achieve over the year and do it. So the focus the focus from our perspective was just making sure that firstly we understand everyone's one year goals and we review them we review them every quarter but we're focused on making sure that we did articulate where we want to be in 12 months time at 30 june and, and get that done and there's a couple of themes in terms of the goals that the businesses set for themselves that were really focused on over the next over the next 90 days and we'll probably talk about a few of these as we go, as we go through Craig. So there was an energy energy one, and I think energy was was positive, which we'll come back to. There's variety of pricing related conversations. For those that don't know, I, I keep talking about the SOA should be free. It's becoming even more important given what may have come out yesterday. Staffing is constant in terms of the discussions, but we're not trying to decrease staff. We're trying to increase staff overall in the businesses. A refresh in marketing. So that's a big terminology, whether it's sales and marketing, branding, et cetera. But there's a refresh going on for some of the businesses that we'll dive into today. And the final one that got me, heard it yesterday, it's, and Craig, you reminded me, is the, the tech stack creep. And so you, you obviously went through the deleting Spotify or, or Netflix or something to that effect. And we do that in business as well. I was in a professional planner forum yesterday, which probably had 200 advisors and and the question was who likes x-plan and one guy put his hand up out of them all and the most amazing thing i turned around he was on my table i turned around so tell me so tell me why you like love x-plan and the thing that he said he's he said well we just went all in on x-plan we didn't try to find all these other tech solutions on top of things to connect to stuff to make it all happen he's like we just put all of our time effort and energy into into X plan as our, as our thing. And it definitely got reminded today is like, if you've got Netflix and, and Amazon, for example, you can't watch all the content at once. You can't watch it all at once. And so you got two things for the same, same purpose. And so switching them on and off was, was quite important. And I think in business, this reminder that we've actually, we've got tech stack creep that even though we might have needed something in the past so we paid a subscription most likely your other providers now do it whether it's a client portal or a booking system that microsoft now does or a form or something like that and so reviewing the tech stack makes your businesses simpler the number of accounts you have is is less is better but also um flipping that back to obviously making the making the team being able to use those products a lot easier if there's less of them yeah. Uh, and then, sorry, mate, I was just going to say, we're a bit rusty, everyone. We can't quite, you know, it's our first one back. We might over it. <laughs> we're normally pretty good with this, but 
You use my favorite word then, simple. And time and time again, I watch people make things hard because it seems to be easier to make it hard um, mm. where where simplicity is what we need and everything. And, you know, I know even talking to some of my team this week, it's been about how to make things simple. Like you, you don't have to overcomplicate a process. Mm. You can actually make things simple and it's going to be easier for you. But then I also realized that, my personality traits different to someone else's personality traits. Some people need the detail to get to the simple, but if it's hard, it's just never going to get done mm. or it's going to be done slowly. And, and so my, my next question for you, mate, is how do you work with these businesses to ensure what they actually put in that quarterly plan gets done? Welcome to the world of accountability is the, the, the key there, Craig. So the two elements that we found really, really valuable is firstly, as simple as this is, and I'll keep using the word simple to make you happy. As simple as it is, is it's defining first and foremost, what done looks like. So what the first challenge is always going, well, we've set this goal for us, but how do we absolutely know at the end of 90 days, we can look back at all the work we may have done. And how do we know that we've done it? <clears throat> and so it sounds simple and obvious, but making sure that we've defined what done looks like is a cent is the first step in this particular process. And then we know that we've got 12 weeks to get it done. And so my next focus for everyone is just saying that all I want you to do consistently is if you do one hour a week for 12 weeks on that goal, you're very likely to achieve it. Okay. Yep. So defining what done looks like, allocating the time per week to work on your business to get it done, and then having an accountability mechanism to make sure that people are holding you accountable for the time that you're working on on the business, not being a financial advisor. And so that accountability for us is, is seeing the, the people that we're working with, the businesses that we're working with, we're seeing them every Monday and every Friday, and we're understanding what their roadblocks are for the time, but also that particular task that they're working on that week to try to remove all the roadblocks to continue to just be able to work on it next week and next week and next week. Yep. Excellent. Now, here's the next one. So we've just done quarterly planning. Two weeks has passed and I've seen a shiny new toy and I feel like I want to drop everything and I need to now focus on this. But I've Two weeks ago, I planned this quarter out and that mm. wasn't in it. Yeah. What's your advice, Dean? What do I do? So that's a, as entrepreneurs, that's our curse of not, not always wasting time, but it's definitely the curse of the distraction or the bright, shiny toy that we actually have an event happen and we go to maybe seek for a solution, i.e., I've got this problem and I'm just going to Google it and then go down a rabbit hole and two or three hours later, you're still in that particular rabbit hole. And so for us and the discipline that, that we've introduced and happens through the process is that they have to go on an issues list to be decided as to whether it's a priority for the next 90 days. And we can't lose the idea because potentially it's a game changing idea that you've had. But, yep. but the accountability mechanism is just acknowledging that the you as the business owner and the team have decided on the priorities for the next 90 days. And if this is really the greatest thing ever, it's still going to be the greatest idea in 89 days time. 
or in the two weeks, you know, in two weeks, yeah. it's still yeah. going to be a great idea and it's still going to need it. So unless your arm's fallen off and you've got to learn how to type with one hand, you've got to wait only 89 days and you can plan it properly for the next 90 days. The execution is awful when you try to solve something in an afternoon. Yep. So we, yep. so we, in the practical sense, that's an issue. It goes on our issues list when we meet with clients. It goes on to our business plans. And so the idea is always captured. I know Glenn and John run around, like use the tech. We've got a software, but they text these ideas and issues to the, to the list. And then they, and then we discuss them, but they go on to the quarterly planning and we pick them up at 90 in 90 days time. And so all of their great ideas are not lost. They're just not distractions now. Yeah. And do you have to fight hard to stop people getting distracted or do you feel that the framework that gets implemented teaches that non-distraction and then therefore people can focus? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's like having a boss. So when you've got a boss and we can talk about this in pricing as well, because I think it's equally relevant when you've got a boss, you've kind of got someone leaning over your shoulder, not necessarily micromanaging you, but keeping you on track. If you say, what's the role of a leader, it's actually to coordinate their people to keep them focused on what the most important thing is for the business constantly. And the bigger the business, the more leaders that you need. And so when you're an entrepreneur in your own business and you've got those two hats on, it can be a little bit difficult to be the leader or pretend you've got a boss telling you to focus on doing client meetings because yeah. most of our business go the most beneficial thing we can do is do client meetings, but we get ourselves distracted on other things. Um, and so the, this concept that you've got this accountability mechanism, but also call me your boss is that you actually then follow the system of going, I'm going to talk to Dean about this, or I'm going to talk, it's not just me, I'm going to talk to my colleague about this or my business partner. I'm going to talk to them about it in a professional structured way. And we can both agree whether we waste time on this thing. I'm a victim of this in a lot of things that I do before I got this kind of discipline and follow this process is that I would run down the rabbit hole of all sorts of bright, shiny toys and we would, I would waste time and then I would pitch it to everyone else and they would go, well, that's not what we're going to do. That's not our core target. That's not our focus for the next 90 days. And I would be the one that wastes time. When it goes on the business plan, either it's a good idea and it stays there, maybe for a quarter, maybe forever, or other times I've put things on the list. And by the time I got there, it actually wasn't an issue. Yeah. So I deleted it. There you go. Now, so you may jump onto the pricing one, Craig, in yeah. that same context. So pricing is really interesting because that's a that's another challenge that we have in all of our businesses, not to not not to uh, not necessarily to overcharge clients, but to appropriately charge clients for the risk, the complexity, the time and the business that we're building to make a profit. And profit's not a dirty word. There's an expectation of every business should be profitable because otherwise they won't exist in the future. And so you want your, you, as a, even as a financial planning client, you want to be a client of a profitable business, not a loss making business. And so the concept of having a manager, when it comes to pricing, we've talked about this idea of having a pricing committee, Paul and I do this and some of the other advisors, we do this in terms of 
getting confident around what the right price to charge for a client, depending on your cost to serve, but being really confident around that is the price. And so the concept that we've had is that if, if I was your boss and you, Craig, you were my employee and I told you, this is the price of the particular service, then you can't, you can't discount it before you even ask the client or told the client what the price is. So one of the dangers is we kind of discount in our head on the way to the client meeting to tell them what the price of the service is. So we've already decreased it at the moment we get to the client meeting. Frustration sometimes happens is that the client then asks for it to be even cheaper and you get frustrated because you go, well, I've already discounted it, but the client doesn't know that. Yeah. I don't think we should discount our fees anyway, but the, the concept of just going, let's be really confident in our pricing and pretend that I'm your manager if you need to be to come and say, we've set this price in the pricing committee, you either, the client will accept it and want to work with you because you're a professional or they're not the right client for you. Yep. Okay. Mate, I've always said, you know, what right do you have to decide what the client wants to pay? Absolutely. they've been allowed to make the decision. And if Louise is listening on, we did a little bit of an exercise and now these are slightly different outcomes, slightly different products, wait for it. But I, I had this statement that you don't necessarily want your service to be cheaper than the pool cleaner. And it's something that I've said for a little while. And the content is just thought provoking in the context of going, what do clients value in terms of having a clean pool versus having you know, your financial plan worked out and the service that goes on with that and the advice, obviously. And Louise worked out, she got, she, her, she might have a big pool, ladies and gentlemen, but it was about seven and a half thousand dollars a year that she was paying. And Craig, I think you did some sums as well, because you were there as well, that it's quite expensive to maintain your pool. And now that gives you joy and blah, 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 or as part of it. But then when, can you imagine if a client's thinking you're pitching a $4,000 piece of advice and they go, well, that's cheaper than cleaning my pool. Of course, I'm going to go with it. Yeah. And so maybe that maybe there's a reason why pools, pool cleaners are more expensive. But the point is that just of the thought exercise of going, we need to always make sure that the the price is appropriate for the for the professional service that it is. Yeah, definitely, mate. Definitely. Now, the other word you mentioned was energy. So let's cover that. Oh, I'm excited. Tell them the price, son. For those older <laughs> listeners that, that know the little doers. Look, th there's actually a, an excitement, notwithstanding the quality advice review that came out yesterday, which, which some advisors might be really excited about. And I'll have to slow them down because it'll probably be a couple of years before the changes actually happen. But the energy is really good across all of our businesses at the moment. So the, what I mean by that is that there's a good flow of new business and and most advisors out there in the community are saying that they've got new business opportunities in front of them so that's really that's really exciting and so the energy comes from the fact that the the businesses are starting to feel like they can deliver to an increasing number of clients without the advisor necessarily working more hours and so it's a focus on team and people and process that's bringing this energy to the business going, well, if I can see five more clients a year or 10 more clients a year, and I can squeeze in an extra meeting and delegate some more things, we're now starting to see how, how much more profitable the businesses can be. So the two metrics, we're always trying to think about the right number of meetings per advisor per year, 
So we don't necessarily care whether you meet one client four times a year or four clients once a year. It's the same advisor headspace time. Yep. And so what we're focused on is thinking about, well, how many meetings can an advisor have and what support mechanisms have to go around them? And then what is the total revenue of that pool? And so we're, we're trying to encourage and build this energy around going, we need to have work out how to have more meetings and then get the revenue up to a million dollars or more per advisor so that we can afford to support everything beyond be behind the advisor as well. Yeah. So yeah, we're, we're, we're excited, like rule changes and new legislation that makes giving advice easier. That is, that is exciting. I'm not necessarily sure if the rule changes are going to instantly decrease the cost of advice, but they might stop the stop the increase, of course. But the greatest thing is if we can have some rule changes there, and as a result of that, we can serve more clients per human advisor. That's really exciting because, as we know, there's not a lot of advisors joining at the moment. Yeah, definitely, mate. And and you're right on the energy. I was I was fortunate enough to be able to come in and attend a little bit of your quarterly workshop that, that you run with the practices and the businesses. And one thing that was evident to me uh, observing that room was how energetic it was and how happy people were and positive they were and, you know, getting on planning their businesses. And what, what impressed me the most as someone just watching it was how well they could actually plan for their own business as well as share with their peers. And someone who's been to a lot of these business planning events or come and talk to your peer events in the past, they're great events. There's no doubt. And I use the word events, right? They're good events. They, mm. You go to this event and you learn stuff and you get to talk to your peers. What I watched the other day was a planning session with peers, which is very, very different to what I've seen in these other events. And that was that, yes, you can share and yes, you can actually you know, pick up other things from your peers and get ideas. But... You're actually putting that plan in place in that moment for your business mm. to go and work on it. And that's, you know, to sit back and watch that, the way you ran that, Dean, and, and saw that evolve, that was really great for me to see. Oh, I'm you know, I uh, <laughs> but it's the it's the difference between, like, the, the same themes and words keep coming up, but definitely the accountability, creating a mechanism of accountability is, is one element of it in terms of helping businesses move, move forward, whether that's external or internal accountability, you need that accountability to help grow. And sometimes that's difficult. If I was always a nice guy, there would, there's less accountability, right? I always think about the personal trainer. Do you want a personal trainer? that just talks to you and entertains you while you're lifting? Or do you want a personal trainer to actually, not forcefully, but push you and motivate you and actually get a bit firm with you at different points in time because you're capable of more? And so we definitely love the accountability to create that strength of going, we're all capable of more and let's work out how we, how we get there. And the second thing is that we all share with abundance and it's something that is definitely across the industry overall is that we're really not competing against one another. We're trying to grow the whole pool. So in Atari yesterday, we're trying to grow the pool of talent to get more, uh, more humans into advice. 
whether they work in the front or back office, that that doesn't matter. But we actually need more humans to come and want to be a financial advisor as opposed to an accountant or an engineer. So growing that pool is exciting. Um, and so, but in terms of the sharing, it means that we share with abundance so that if I'm doing something great, I'm going to share it with the people there, just like Paul's doing something great. And everyone hears from Paul what Paul's doing and go, I'm going to try a little bit of that. That would be great if I could do something similar. And the way in which the model works is that you've got it in your inbox the next day. You've got a Loom video of how we do it. And all the other advisors are the same way. We're sharing actually live what we're each doing so we can solve each other's problems and all move forward as a group. Yeah, mate. And remember, as our great mate Andy Fell says, like take someone's idea and listen to it and add your own 10%. Add your um, 10%. Yeah, exactly. 10%. So there's very, there's very few new ideas in the world. So the, the concept is, is that we're all learning. Like I've got some books down there. I've read some of them. I've skimmed some of them. And you get a good idea and you're, at, you're able to take books and add your 10% and then run with that as the, that is the idea. So that's what we're constantly doing at the, at the moment. Fantastic, mate. So, you know, what a great way to, to kick off Uncommon Sense. We're going to be here every fortnight again throughout the year. Dean and I have been talking. We'd love more guests to come and join us. So if, if you've got something that can help advice businesses that's beneficial, reach out to Dean, reach out to myself. We, we'd love to have you on and talk about it. We really want this to be the place where we're having conversations about things that are going to help business owners are in, in advice businesses. So that might give it a wrap for today, Dean. That's it. Thanks, Craig. Thanks, everyone, Thank for listening. Know. Thanks for the high fives online for those live LinkedIn listeners. This is great. And we'll see you all in a fortnight. See you later. Bye-bye.